Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos. Hello everyone, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And welcome again to Kindergarten Kiosk. So, I had a rough day, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry you had a rough day. I had a rough day. Being a parent is a tough job. (laughs) I, I made me want to talk about persistence and stamina again, but we already talked about that. So maybe let's talk about something else. Okay. Get my mind off my rough day. (laughs) All right. It's a rough day. Can we talk about something fun? Let's do. Let's talk about my favorite time of day. Okay. What's your favorite time of day? My favorite time of day is learning centers. I love your learning centers. It's It's a good plan. It is. And it's a lot of fun. And it's noisier it than fun. free choice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's way noisier than free choice. You know, and, there's okay. lots of learning going on because there's okay, lots of noise. Now, I, don't, I don't know whether to be offended by this, <laughs> but I was having my evaluation um, the other day. Mm-hmm. And on my evaluation, the administrator evaluating me gave me really good scores. And I gave me a great marks. And... He was talking, and he said that another teacher was had him come in during her center time, and at the end, when they were having their meeting, he said, the teacher said, oh, I'm just trying out centers, and it was probably noisy, and he said, oh my gosh, that's nothing. You should go to Mrs. Crane's room. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at him, and I said, you said my name to her? And he said, well, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> well, you think? <laughs> and if I wouldn't have got straight good marks, I might have been a little upset. <laughs> he gave me good marks. So tell me about your learning centers and how you set them up and how they run. So learning centers, because as I say, I've taught for a long, long time. (laughs) I really have tried everything, every type of centers that you see on the internet or on Pinterest. I've tried it. You've done everything on Pinterest. I've tried it. (laughs) I've tried everything because I wanted to make centers work. And several years ago, well... I think it was 19, like 97, <laughs> is when we first got um, Title I aids given to our classrooms to share. And we had them for an hour and a half per session. And so the way I was doing centers at that time is I was doing a popular way that I see on the internet that kids had a must-do mm-hmm. and a must-do and then can-do. Mm-hmm. activities mm-hmm. and I was doing that a lot and I really liked it and I had some success with it but when we got the aid assigned to our classroom for an hour and 15 minutes I just really wanted to get um, bang for that you wanted to maximize aid. the I wanted to maximize time. The, the aids time and so I decided to try rotations I remembered that when um, you were in kindergarten, Mm -hmm. I went and helped one time, and the teacher was ringing bells, and you guys were shifting every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I want to try a form of that, where 
the groups would shift um, and be able to work with the TA and with myself in kind of a manner that everyone would move around. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't like the dinging the bell (laughs) and and freezing and then moving to the next center. I just thought the kids um, would be able to do it a lot better than that because, you know, sometimes we just underestimate what students really can do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to try the rotations. And so now I've been doing those for probably, what, that's a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe 12, 15 years uh-huh. that I've been doing learning centers on a rotational basis. And I love it for a lot of reasons. I love it because um, it it's different. It's different than my math jobs, which are kind of Um, I can talk about those later. It's different than free choice. Mm -hmm. It's now kind of learning stations, if you will, but I definitely like to call them learning centers. Mm -hmm. And so the way I set it up is I start centers day one. Mm -hmm. The very first day I have my students, I start with centers because I want them to get in the... um, I want students to be able to get that pattern of rotating down. Mm-hmm. And so... And you know what? When you told me that you started centers on the first day, and I decided to start centers right from the first day, oh, I was terrified. I was terrified that that idea was going to just implode in on me and that you were mm-hmm. the only person in the universe who can start centers <laughs> on day one. But oh my goodness, it worked so well. It worked so well to just get... I mean. I didn't do any serious centers mm-hmm. on day one. I did Play-Doh and puzzles as a center. But just to get them into that routine, we could start guided reading like the second week of school. I like started guided reading. School. We're guided reading I started already. day one. I did <laughs> well, a guided reader. Well, that's because you're you. I had to wait till the day second one. week of school. <laughs> well, honestly, I think it's easier to start centers on the first day of school because um, then the kids don't know anything else, and it just becomes a pattern. And starting a little bit later, the kids, you know, the first day of school, they're terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm going to, I'm going to take that terrifiedness and and use it to my advantage <laughs> by having them be able to be more easily guided. Mm-hmm. And so I just take a Unifix cube of um, like. Four kids will wear a green one, a Unifix cube tied around on a piece of yarn, mm-hmm. wear it like a necklace. That's only for me, so that when they get confused, I know to go shove find the, the green other green kid. kids. There's <laughs> yeah, the green find, kids. Go over find there. Find the other green kids, and then just like you said, my centers are puzzles, draw a picture, play-doh, and maybe water paint and me. And so I make them just open-ended activities that they need no assistance to do. And because it's the first day of school, I do five-minute rotations. Right. You keep them really short. Because you're just practicing the routine of rotating and the routine of what to do Mm -hmm. at the center. And I I don't know if you told me to do this or if I did this, but I would just start the routines that or the centers that needed clearly defined routines like one at a time oh yeah yeah. like we'd have play-doh and puzzles and water painting and then 
the listening center with somebody mm-hmm. there to explain the listening center to mm-hmm. them and then me and then you know so that there's only one center that really somebody's got to stay at and explain how to use it yeah exactly and back when I was lucky enough to have a classroom um, teaching assistant mm-hmm. I decided it was worth all of our time if that's what she spent that center time on was teaching the listening center procedures mm-hmm. teaching the computer procedures mm-hmm. and all of the places that needed procedures, um, procedures. now because I do not have a, a teaching assistant I give up my time because I feel like it's more important for the kids to learn those independent procedures mm-hmm. than me doing anything else during the Well, because you're time. teaching you're teaching how to do mm-hmm. learning centers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to say one thing. During learning centers, I definitely have my playhouse open and water painting because what kindergartner doesn't want to go home and say, I played in the playhouse and I painted. Well, it makes their first week of school so much mm-hmm. fun because they get to go play in a playhouse of watercolor and play with Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. It's less scary for them if they mm-hmm. do something And fun. the computers. I do my, my computer station the first day, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's all the stuff that they've come to school with an expectation mm-hmm. that they're going to do. So I found that if I don't do those things that they're expecting to do, their first day is a lot more disappointing to them. Mm-hmm. But if I do the things that I know that they're excited about, then um, they're going to be excited to come back. So I think the thing that makes my learning centers different from the traditional must-do and can-do or the tote, you know, I've all of those different types of centers that you can find on um, All Facebook the other, the whole Pinterest board that you've already tried. Yeah, <laughs> they're just a little bit different. I've got a neighbor, and she does five centers a week at, for 20 minutes. Her center time is only 20 minutes long, and she does five centers and just wrote eight. So each day they do a different center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. So too. at the end of the week, she's accomplished five centers. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the week, I have accomplished a lot more than that <laughs> because I do six centers every day. Well, I think what's interesting about the way you do centers, too, is you work in a lot of small group work into your centers. So it's a time when kids are getting lots of one, well, not one-on-one, but uh, small group time where they're working at their level of development. Mm-hmm. Because there's you're always a center mm-hmm. working on their reading. And I try to get two parents every center day. So how long are your centers? 15 minutes? 13. 13 minutes. So if, if you have... I do five 15-minute centers, or I can do six 13-minute centers. Mm-hmm. And the reason I've moved to six is my classes have just been big enough that I really don't like to have my groups more than four mm-hmm. because they're just not as effective. Mm-hmm. They're more effective to cut them down two by two minutes and have one less kid at the center. If there's um, some of the activities, like some of the math lessons and reading lessons, they really need four at the group, then I will do four, five minutes, five, four, (laughs) wait. (laughs) If they're like that, then I'll do five centers, five 15-minute centers. But mostly I do six 13-minute centers, and that takes 90 minutes. So I start at 12 o'clock, and I'm done at 1.15. So when I'm planning my centers, I have myself, and I do my guided reading center. 
which, you know, we can talk about that on a podcast of my whole thing of what I'm doing at my table. Mm -hmm. And then I try to get two parents for centers, one to do a math game and one to do a reading game. Mm -hmm. Or a reading game or a phonics game? Of any type of... Any type of language arts game? Yeah. So I have tried to get two parents, Mm -hmm. one to do a math game and one to do a language arts game. (laughs) And... And, you know, it varies. Sometimes I get one mom or sometimes, you know, no parent shows up. And I have the art center open most days. And it usually, t- I mean, if it's a fast art project, it we can accomplish it in that 13 minutes. But sometimes I take two or even three days to accomplish one art project. And it works great because if it's something that they can just store in their cubby halfway done, I have them do that. Or if I, um, or I've got a drying rack they can put things on, or I have them go put them on their tables and then we deal with them later and I hang them up or something. So it works good. I mean, just so if you think an art project, 13 minutes, well, surprisingly, they can get a lot of art projects done in 13 minutes. But if it's, if you know it's going to take 26 minutes, then just give yourself two days to do it. And so I have the two parents and I have the art and I have the Playhouse and the Science Center that kind of rotate in and out and the Listening Center and I have the Block Center and the Alphabet Center and on and on. I have a whole bunch of choices, the Writing Center, the computers, the iPads. And so I kind of rotate in and out of that. And I try to make a really good mix of... Um, adult-led centers and a play center and an art center and then I always have an independent center like the writing center like write the room Mm -hmm. or um, some kind of sightword game or something like that so I try to mix it up like that is how I choose my centers and I have a I, I just prepare for all of the centers on Friday before I leave, so then when I come on Monday, the week centers are ready. And then if I'm really on the ball, which I really try to do, is like when Monday is over, I'll pull those Monday drawers out, empty them, and load the next Monday's games for the parents right there. So I think when people hear you say that you do five or six centers every day for five days a week that comes out to be like 30 centers in a week and I think when people hear you say that they're going to think I don't have the time to plan 30 (laughs) centers every week well I don't do them five days a week (laughs) because we have an early release day and I thought about doing centers then but I talked to myself out of it (laughs) (laughs) because I need to get other things done so I only So I do only do centers three days a week or four days a week. So six centers, four days a week, is still 24 centers to plan every week. That still sounds I know, that sounds daunting, but but make sure you watch my video that's going to be on the blog that is kind of a companion for this podcast because it's going to show you, and I say in that video a thousand times, (laughs) Ready to go, ready to go, (laughs) ready to go. It's like my new buzzword (laughs) because it really is not hard to get the centers going once you get it all set up and the system going. It's 
pretty easy. And so if I get the parent centers ready, and of course, you know, I've used printed all of our games on kindergarten kiosk that we sell in our thematic units Mm -hmm. and have them all filed and easy to pull out for the parents to do. So, and I've filed everything together. I mean, I just keep everything together. So basically I'm opening the file drawer, pulling out the next lesson and putting it in the drawers. And the art center, I just have everything there. The listening centers, I just pull out the new book. The Playhouse and Science Center I set up every two weeks, so those are always ready and available. The computer centers are ready. The writing center, I set it up weekly, so I set it up on Fridays ready for the next week. So, and and all the um, other independent centers. So you're saying that not every center needs an in-depth plan to go with it every week. No. Like, if you send the kids to the computer center, you don't need a lesson plan to go with that. They just no. go and... No. And if you send them to the block center, when I when I do send them to the block center, I usually give them a task to do. Mm-hmm. Be Like, for example, yesterday, the task at the block center was to build your best version of Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of fun with that. And... But that that didn't take me any time or effort. You know, the blocks were there, and I, the dinosaurs were in the playhouse, and I told them they could go themselves and get anything that they needed for their Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. And so their, the cleanup was theirs. The grather, grabbing the materials was theirs. The, I found that the best thing for me to do is to just get it ready for a week at a time, mm-hmm. like the writing center, for example. Mm-hmm. I just have that writing bulletin board, and I have a pocket where I put the activity in a basket under the activity, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a one-time setup. So I work really hard on one day <laughs> setting everything up, and then the rest of the week, it's I don't really have a lot of prep at the end of any day, So because I've set up for the week. <laughs> so since you've tried every method on Pinterest (laughs) I really have why why did you settle with this one what do you why was this one the winner yeah because I could have easily changed to back to the other methods Mm -hmm. when I no longer have a reading TA so why didn't you but why do you like the reason the reason I don't change from this method is because it has everything it needs for the child in it it has teacher-led center, it has parent-led centers, it has art opportunity, it has dramatic play opportunity, and science opportunity, and writing opportunities every day for the kids to get it. And I just watch like the rotation of five a week and see that, I mean, I I just can't not see the, the whole mm-hmm. the whole child that my kids are getting every day from that rotational opportunity and it's not I mean I I've got them trained because you know I started the first day <laughs> and at the end of the 13 minutes I have a little it's from the pick game it's the little timer the little ding from the <laughs> pick game <laughs> and Wait, I you just said you didn't want to use a timer in your I I know. You don't want to use a dingy thing. Well, I tried a lot of things. Well, what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to say freeze. (laughs) 
now you're and giving them the instructions of where they go next uh-huh. every time. So I always move in a circle, mm-hmm. always in always a clockwise circle. And once in a while, if I have to um, go from that path, it freaks them out. So they just <laughs> so yeah, they just know to I look in I, the room and walk in a circular direction to find their next yeah. place. Well, at the beginning too, I at the beginning of centers, I say our centers today are da 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 da, da. and I actually move in the circle as I'm pointing to what the centers are, mm-hmm. and so yes, I do I do ding a timer because but only at um, the end. It's a Pavlov dog thing. <laughs> you know, then I don't have to speak. No one has to say anything because all I have to do is have that timer go off. And the my timer, if I use it, sometimes I just go by the clock. But my timer is like, I mean, really, it goes like this. Beep, beep. You're so quiet that I don't understand how they can hear it. But they hear that little tiny beep, 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 and they clean up immediately and move to their next center. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have opportunities for them. Um, I usually try to stagger the centers that are the teacher-led or adult-led centers mm-hmm. with the other center. Like, if they're at art and they need 20 more seconds to, to take care of something, mm-hmm. their next center is going to be in an independent center, such as the Playhouse or the Science Center. Because then they have those extra one, two, three minutes that they need to get their stuff together. And they have the motivation of, I need to get my stuff together or I will miss out on playhouse time. True, true. So they really do get it together quickly. And some of those kids that really are into their project, they do know that they can just sit there and finish and not go to the playhouse if they want to. Mm -hmm. And catch up with their group at the next center. So I do have them staggered like that. And so when you arrange for centers, it's um, you really need to kind of think about that, about where you'll have things. And so the way I have my room arranged, as you'll notice if you watch the video, is I have a whole group table area and I have a whole group carpet area in the centers of the room divided by a block center, a block and toy center. And then around the perimeter of the room is where I have all of my permanent centers set up. They're, they're defined areas. So the listening center, I don't have to go gather stuff and put it on a table. It's a listening center on a shelf that is, here goes my word, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the catchphrase. And so I think that's one thing I really like is, you know, they're not boxes or containers the kids have to go get. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just, ready to go. They're ready. They're ready to go. They really are. And I really like that. I know that kind of the there's a Vogue thing with flexible seating and things like that. And I just am not a fan, really, of kicking all the chairs and tables out of the room. I think it's great if that's your personality and you want to do it. But I think that if you do learning centers, I really, my kids enjoy their table time. We're not at the tables a lot. But we're at the tables a little bit. We do our handwriting at the tables. We do our math worksheet at the tables. And then we move to the carpet, and they have carpet area. But during uh, an hour and a half, or an hour and 15 minutes during the day, you know, I guess they're sitting all different types of ways. Well, I think when you, I think flexible seating is interesting. It would be interesting to try. 
but I haven't seen a need for it in your class because they're moving so much that yeah. the table is kind of a little bit of a break for them. <laughs> the table is like, a break for us. I can sit down and rise. The table is a you break You do for have them. a lot just, of movement in your day. They do. So I really don't feel like I could move the tables out because I do. I think they're relieved when they sit at the tables. <laughs> it's like, whew, here we are. It's like the crazy time I threw out my teacher desk. I'm like, this just yeah, takes I, up I room. tried that once, too. It didn't work. Oh, my <laughs> word. Because I need a break at my teacher desk. And maybe I don't teach sit in it all well, day I long. I didn't which, ever sit in that after, desk until after school. But, man, I missed having it after school. But after school, I want my teacher desk. Because so, I moved yeah. all my junk to the guided reading table. And then my guided reading table was a mess. And I know. And so I begged the janitor. It just became a my desk, desk back. Anyway. I know I had you take it down to the basement. But <laughs> Uncle, three months later, I made a big mistake. I need my desk. And so I kind of feel like the students are the same way. You know, that it's their chair, it's their spot, and it's kind of a break for them to have a defined spot that's just yours. You know, everybody yeah. likes, I mean, notice like when you go to church, everybody sits in the same seats, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think the interesting thing about flexible seating is that classrooms are getting so tiny. The actual yeah. physical space you're given is so yeah. tiny. And I've thought... That maybe flexible seating would help or does help kindergarten teachers teach appropriately in tiny rooms. Yeah, so that perhaps I think that might be if I was it, in a room with limited space, I would give up the tables in favor of the centers or the dramatic play area. But if I had the room for it, I would want each kid to have their individual space. I think it would probably depend for me on the size of my room. Yeah. Well, your last classroom was huge. It was huge. I loved that room. <sighs> you were so It lucky. was gigantic. It was like <laughs> two classrooms. It was oh. awesome. And people would what come time? in and be like, why don't they give this giant room to the sixth graders? I'm like, no, I have 30, <laughs> I have 30 kindergartners in this room. I need a giant room. No, I had more than 30. I had like 35. I need a giant you room. Did. You, I had 35. You did. You had 35 kindergartners. But lucky you had a TA. Oh, hallelujah. And very helpful parents. I'd rather have 20 kindergartners and no TA. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'm saying that because I've tried all the different types of center rotations and all the must-do's can-do and the five a week and I've tried all those different styles I just think that I want to encourage people to no, no matter what you do do centers <laughs> do some type of centers and try to make it so that you can um, have time for guided practice and independent practice and play and creative outlet and um, listening center is so important for listening comprehension. And so I think I just want to tell everybody to try it. But I'm going to tell you that you would love the rotation way if you can find the block of time. And it can be done as, in an hour. You well, I tried your rotation. way. And mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody else at a conference about it. 
And I said, well, my language arts block is an hour and 15 minutes. And they looked at me like, How, you take an hour, you know, you only, I only had three hours. And they were amazed that I was dedicating an hour and 15 minutes of my day to my language arts rotations. But I, I said, well, what you have to understand is during my language arts rotations, they're doing a, an a small group phonics activity that's led by a parent. They're doing their guided reading. They're doing an, another game that's in, led by a parent that's either mathematical or a phonemic awareness or alphabet. And they're doing an independent art activity. They're doing a writing activity. So it's not like, I mean, I was hitting so many aspects of the day in that hour and 15 minutes that I could build on in the rest of the day, but was getting hit uh, in small, smaller groups based on the needs of those individual kids. So it was really getting a lot of differentiation in, mm-hmm. which was awesome, which made the rest of the day easier because... Well, and it's so easy to differentiate for centers. Even with my parents, I just sometimes have two games. Like, this group will play this game, This these two groups will play this game. Like, it might be the same game, but use the sight word cards with these two groups, use the alphabet cards with these two groups, use rhyming cards for this group. And so, you know, the differentiating is just so easy to do mm-hmm. in centers. And I think the thing that's easy to justify, because mine is also during the language arts block, mm-hmm. but it's so easy for me to justify anything I do in that classroom because everything I do is language arts based, even math, because mathematical thinkers make better readers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am not, it's not hard for me to say, yeah, they go to the science center and yes, it's literacy because it is, everything is. Mm-hmm. And I think even if the rotation way doesn't fit somebody's individual style, the idea of teaching to the whole child does. Yeah. Well, learning centers are so much fun, and it is my favorite time of day. And it just really feels almost like I'm not teaching because it's just so joyful. The kids are happy. I'm happy. The parents are happy. And the noise, okay, yeah, principal go tell everybody that mrs crane's classroom is noisy (laughs) at center time hey i'm really proud of proud about it i'm going to wear that badge with honor that my kids are noisy and learning they're learning and he said he said well you know it's not really noisy noisy though because i listened to him trying to catch him talking about stuff that was inappropriate but everything was about learning and what they were doing and he said i just was so excited by the the conversations your students was having during during the time learning so, lots of empathy learning and lots problem of empathy solving. and they really do have to work together in groups like that and that's another reason that I really hang on to it is because that group of four students or three that or even five if you have to that work together from center to center they really kind of are like a little mini family unit and they have to really learn how to take care of each other. And it's really great to watch kids as they're rotating around and one kid gets confused and someone else from the group goes over and takes them by the hand and says, we go here now. And, and they really do take good care of each other. 
And I do change the groups. They're flexible groupings, so I trade them off about every couple of weeks so that all of the kids can get a chance to work together. Once in a while, I need them to be like skill-based level so that um, I can have for guided reading so I can teach appropriately for their group. Mm -hmm. But not always. I found that guided reading, I can differentiate at a because I only have a group of three, and so I can differentiate to their level during my time with them anyway. So I can't remember what I was talking about, but <laughs> I love learning centers. A, I really do. It's a fun way to teach, and we encourage everybody to give it a try. And if it doesn't work in your classroom, we encourage you to teach the whole child anyway. We want to thank bedsound.com for our music. And to find out more, visit our website at kindergartenkiosk.com. You can find out more about the learning centers there. And if you'd like to get in touch with us and share how you run your classroom, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. And I have a story from Christy Wyman that we're going to share this week. You want to hear it, Mom? Yep. Okay. She says, we are blessed to have our elementary school campus about town conversation lands and trails. Not far into the trail system is a series of vernal pools. I walk my class of 20 kindergartners there about every six weeks. We look for all the seasonal changes on the way over and back. I teach them about plant life along the way, including poison ivy on Friday. And we look for signs of animals, listen to birds talking to us, etc. When we arrive at the vernal pool, we observe the water level changes, if any, and look for any creatures. This amazing male green frog stayed put for my kids while they observed him and sketched him in their science notebooks. They were so mesmerized by all around them that there were no behavioral issues. Everyone was silent or using whisper voices, and I had a hard time getting them to leave. It's about 90 minutes out of the classroom, but fully supported by my administration because of all we do there. Science, drawing, writing, data collection, and then all the follow-up that happens back in the classroom. At the moment, each child has chosen a living thing native to the campus. Yellow spotted salamander, moss, red-tailed hawk. They paint lovely watercolors of them, write fact-based poems about them, and are about to start writing a piece of fiction and nonfiction related to them. It's pretty magical. Isn't that cool? Wow, I want to be in her class. I know, I do too. <laughs> that sounds fabulous. It sounds so awesome. I think that um, what you said earlier, I think that no matter how you teach, we need to stick together as kindergarten teachers and remember the magicality of childhood. <laughs> the magicality and of childhood? Is magicality a word? Because I want it I to be. I don't know. It is now. Because it just sounds so magic. English is fluid. <laughs> we'll make up that word. It's fluid. And I just, I really think that it's time that uh, we put the worksheets aside and teach children how children should be taught. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good luck with your teaching. Bye, everybody. Bye. I hope your day's better tomorrow. Me too. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>